Donna with a still unnamed podcast with Adam Boardman, my first guest. My first. Such an honor. Maybe a little less so because the thing hasn't been named. No, no, even more so because now we both have credible deniability now, Donna. It, it could never have happened. It, it happened before the thing was named. It was never here. It's so, so magical. Thank you for being patient. We had a couple little snafus getting it. No, we're all right. We're, we're here now. And he is the host of Pushing 50 podcast. Yeah. All right. Um, we won't talk about politics and we won't talk about radio. Oh. That's what your agent said. Do not, do not talk I'm to him about-, about politics. Is how little I personally want to talk about that stuff. But yeah, <laughs> one's, uh, one's teeth grinding, the other's boring. Politics All right. Politics and radio there you know, you go. combined. So. And that's done with that. All right. So we're finished. Now let's talk about how did you get the name Pushing 50? I, I do know, but just because listeners were well, Pushing 50, what was that? So- Tell it us just wouldn't is. go away. I'm 47 years old, and the thing, I was self-brainstorming, which might have been part of the problem, names. I didn't run it by anybody else. It, it much like, not to put it on this level, but just in this one particular earwig sense, like Paul Simon with, with Graceland. Like he, I don't know if you remember, he desperately did not want to put a song called Graceland on an album about African music. Right. And at the time, much like this podcast, it hadn't been titled, but the thing just wouldn't go away. And also, I don't know how you know, his girlfriend at the time felt about it, but my wife hates the name, so I had to use it. <laughs> There'll be a marital it just it really discussion. just wouldn't go away. <laughs> That's another topic you could maybe come in for podcast number two. But we're yeah. concentrating on one. So you picked the name, and then what did you do? You were like, oh, that's it. That's it. I mean, it has to do with athletics or... It has to do with pretty much everything that relates to BS and how that relates to aging. Hmm. Really, what got in my head was not that I watched a whole lot of it, but Everybody Loves Raymond. That show wasn't too, too long ago. Right. And I looked at that and I'm like, I want my show to be everything that this was not. Now, that was fictional. So, And I think Ray Romano's done a great job of like, pumping up the badass. Mm-hmm. But I really wanted it to be something that wasn't henpecked. And but also didn't verge into the territory of like affliction T-shirts and chest thumping somewhere in the middle is where the truth lies. But I wanted it to be like an aggressive kind of middle of instead of getting set in your ways as you age, especially when you you're towards the big five. Oh, mm-hmm. I wanted to be you. You anything take more risks. Ah, interesting. So you don't have any mother-in-law, father-in-law situations like... Oh, oh, oh yeah, I do. In fact, they live in the same town. They, now, they don't know where I actually live. I gave them an address that's a few blocks away, and I have them RFID chipped. So I know when they come within my... Ra- no, I'm just kidding. But no, they're, they're de- we moved to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, my wife and I, a little over a year ago, uh, in part to be closer uh, to my in-laws. Uh-huh. So, you know, I had to, instead of... We had I had I started getting into more extreme type activities before I actually came out here. I think in part so that they would get used to my antics. So yep. Uh-huh. So that's show number three. Just gonna give you a heads yeah. up. <laughs> this has already gone longer than any three of my shows. I think at least recent shows put together. So oh, it's, not gonna it's be a very too, short podcast. It is, well, this is not going to be too long. But we wanted to get an idea. We all of us. Well, I'm like the listener too. I was like pushing fifty. I like it. And what's it about? So you started working out more, eating better, doing more adventurous 
bike riding? Yeah. Okay, all that. Yeah. Uh, well, not, not so much bike riding. That's probably one thing I'll wind up going back to. I did that when I was a kid, and uh, if I ever you know, blow my hips and knees out doing trail running, I'll wind up going back to that because <laughs> a, a lot of people in their 70s say it's the one thing they can still do normally after uh, a lot of running. But it, it basically started with trail running. I was bored working out, as a lot of people certainly are finding out these days on the treadmills and the oh, yeah. trail, rather the, the streets around their house. Right. And that includes me now because you've know, you got to stay close to your house if you want to really maintain uh, social distancing but at the time a few years back i just got sick of the cardio on the treadmill i liked some of the programs that took you through like animated versions of national parks mm. I'm like, well, let me, you know in the raleigh area which you and i both know very well there's mm-hmm. umstead state park this enormous park right in the middle of the city so i started going there and going on trails because it would also save my hearing you have to really pay attention to what you're doing so you can't put on like the headphones and 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 you take selfies the whole time you have to look at what's going on and it was immensely more difficult than treadmill work and uh and road work too it's that biomechanical stress kicks in that those acute things really appeal to me that you can be you can't just well i'm done and sit on the side of the road, make a phone call, and have someone come get you. Mm-hmm. You're, you're out. You have to deal with what's out there as it's happening to you, and you don't know exactly what's going to happen going in. There's always something that can happen that you're not prepared for, and I liked that about this. Oh, it really was a microcosm for not getting set in your ways as a person mm-hmm. trail running. And there's other extreme sports, too. Well, not so extreme sports. I hate to say extreme because that brings to mind like X Games and, right, and the sort right, of right. Uh, you know, not dare, it's not daredevil stuff. Though there are versions of it that can be, but it, it just it was an amazing uh, thing to do by yourself. And the community's pretty fantastic as well. These these guys and there's Netflix documentaries and you know, mm-hmm. YouTube uh, documentaries of plenty about this that'll uh, do a lot more justice than I'm doing here. I'm a newbie, but just. To start doing this was a, a crazy thing, but it's turned into an, an amazing thing. Now, explain a typical day for Adam Boardman. I, right now, it's getting up at about 3.30 in the morning. I'd love to be able to say that that's to train, but it's not. Uh, I do news for a number of markets around the country mm-hmm. from here in Charlotte. I can't say which ones. Mm-hmm. I'm bound by confidentiality. So I'll have a, a morning wave and then generally uh, between then and see my wife waking up because currently she's working from home. I'll go out for a few miles, uh, come back, you know, have a little more breakfast, maybe take a nap. Then there's a second lunch wave of, of, of news. After that, things are pretty well open. I'll you know, work on the podcast. Uh, I might go to another job. Luckily, I still have one that I can go to mm-hmm. here in town, a part-time gig. I'm working on a third, as well as a second podcast. And then towards the late afternoon, early evening, I'll probably go out running again. Right now, Donna, this stuff's mostly on the road because I know about where you're at, but the, the parks have really been, if when, before they were shut down and now that they've just opened up again, okay. they're overrun. It's yeah, absolutely yeah. overrun out there. It is there. in Houston, too. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, People it, who never did it before are all over. No, 
Yeah, and that's okay. I, a lot of people are like, good. where are you people yeah. coming from? I think it's elitist to say that they don't deserve to be out there. The problem is that, again, like every place else, they're not social distancing, and you can't get away from them on a single track trail in the woods. Right. So uh, I'll, I go out, generally, if I do trail running these days, I'll go out there when the weather's lousy or really, really early in the morning on a weekend. Where And the weekends are generally where I do my really long runs, especially when I'm uh, preparing for an event. When preparing for an event, you know, you, you got to get 40, 50 sometimes 60 miles a week in of, of running right. about a third of that on trails rest of the time it's about 30 miles and some strength training on top of that which you can you know do in the house so on a day how many miles do you do you do steps or do you just you do miles i oh, do not pay attention to okay. steps okay. uh i only do miles uh, it really it varies you can't a lot of people think that those that do 100-mile events, I haven't done anything like that. I've done 45, 50-milers, you know, mm-hmm. 25, ultra-marathon-type uh, stuff. Oh, wow. But you don't go out there, do 30, 40, 50 miles one day, and then the same the next day. You'll get injured. Really, it's about how many can you do to build up that base ah. to prepare for one day, where, and that's where you could get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where you actually – because if, if you did – and there are a few who do this – you know, those, those guys, I think, are really nuts. Those who will do like 50 miles one to do 100 milers for fun. And then the next day do 50 and 20. But by and large, people will do between 50 and 100 mile uh, weeks to then prepare for an event of about that length. Oh, it's really okay. about putting yourself in the best position to then do a eight hour to 48 hour blitz so and a- not get hurt. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And not get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. The the point is to to build up, to build up the muscles, to build up the tolerance to pain, uh, to build up just the stamina mentally and physically to get through whatever that event is going to be. Now, are you going to lift weights throughout the day too? On a typical day, you're, you're running two or three times a day. I do weights. I I do upper body stuff two, three times a week. Okay. Hmm. About it. The lower body really doesn't, you know, it's be controversial. I don't think the lower body really needs it all that much, and I'd rather spend the time stretching oh, that okay. area. Gotcha. Now I'm going to so, ask this too because, all right, we're all at home, and everybody's like noshing all kinds of good things like Cheetos, etc. Do you indulge right. in any of that? And if you do, do you feel guilty? I just want to ask. Just it seems like I have, well, I have a beer problem. Oh. That's why that was the other reason because I wanted the beer and the party to increase ah. as I got older. I work in a beer bar crying. I pour them to know what I'm talking about. So that, I started to see things possibly get really doughy. So okay. if I was going to drink more and, in, and indulge more, it was going the workouts, the events were going to have to be more serious. So nothing like the prospect of getting lost 10 miles out in the woods in freezing rain. No one can come get you. Right. To, to, to make the beer all that much more enjoyable. Plus, I don't know if you've tasted beer recently, but it's fantastic and has been for years. And I'm guessing in about five to ten years from now, it ain't going to be. Hell, right now, breweries are falling by the wayside yeah. because of the, you know, the economic losses due to the pandemic. Right. But it, it, there's a lot that's going bad, and I'm doing my part to make <laughs> certain that beer doesn't go bad. But, I mean, would you, like, if you see something on Netflix you want to watch... And you and your wife go and get Cheetos and chip and dip. I mean, will you eat all that and then the next day work that much harder? Uh, I, I don't eat junk food. At all? I'll eat food. I'll, no, no. I, I eat food that's... 
I'd say three quarters of it is really good for you stuff. I'm on a nutrition program I won't get into right now. But uh, in terms of like junk stuff, uh, fast food, chips, dip, we, we don't really don't have any of that stuff around. We've got the good, like, uh, I guess I can mention, like Trader Josie type mm-hmm, stuff is mm-hmm. about as junky as we will get. And even then, you know, if there's going to be overindulging, yeah, I'm not going to speak for my wife, but if there's going to be overindulging, I'm going to you know, work it off the next day. But I don't think too much of it. It's not sharded any yeah. more than my step sharded. Right, right. You, you know when you've done too much. The next day, you'll know if you're on a, like a 20-mile run and you feel at mile 10, boy, I've really gotten away with that. Like you haven't had enough water to drink the night before. You hmm. didn't sleep enough. And certainly you don't overindulge before a big event or a, or a big run. You don't, you don't want to feel like garbage right. when you're out. The, the, the nature of the sport itself tends to stop that from happening because it can be kind of scary. It's a whole you, you lifestyle can't. change. You know, yeah, you, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of self-limiting. What is your next big event coming up? Uh, the next one will, again, COVID-19, we all have this affecting us right now. Uh, I'm thinking it's probably going to be something in late July, about an hour from here. It's a, a, a 10-hour trail race of indeterminate length called the Stevest. It's named after a, a guy called Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they give you two. They give you two cheap beers, which you can have at any point. And there's, it's three loops. You don't know how long each loop is until you're done with the first one. They say it's anywhere between 14 and 18 miles, and you've got 10 hours to finish. It's one of those races that's designed for you to fail. And I actually have never been in one of them. Most races are designed for you to actually succeed. You have aid stations, and you're helped out along the way. You're not given like a push. But they have what you need. This one's designed. You've really got nothing. It's pretty much entirely self-sustained until you get back to the start of the lap. And even there, it's minimal. They change it every year. And usually the vast majority of the field does not finish. That's probably the next one I'm going to be doing. The next one I'm signed up for, I I cut the losses Mm -hmm. of, of the years. I think a lot of people have for events. And even though this is a local race, it's probably it's almost certainly the next one I'm definitely going to be doing is at the end of the year. It's at Crowder's Mountain, not far from where I live here in Charlotte, Mm -hmm. the Nadnock 25, 50 and 100. Uh, It's a 25 mile loop done once, twice or four times. I'm going to do it twice. Last year I did it once and I finished an hour and a half earlier than I thought I would. That one's got a longer time limit, but it's also more difficult. It's a mountain race. So there's Ooh, about five, yeah. there's 5,000 feet of elevation gain and loss per lap. And it'll be my first uh, shot at a nighttime race because, Ooh. you know, for 50 miles, you're going you're gonna to be out there at night. Now, your podcast in and of itself, it's really short. So yeah. what do you come up with each week? How do you come up with it at night? What do you basically, I know people will want to listen to it now that we're talking about it. But when you sit down every week, it's weekly, not daily. Do you do it? Is it weekly or do you do it more often than that? I do it once a week. I release it on Friday mornings. So how do you uh, get I, ideas? I generally, generally just something comes into my head, usually while I'm running. Uh, about Tuesday, Wednesday, sometimes even Thursday. And I jot stuff down, occasionally even script it out, much like I did when I was on the uh, radio. Mm-hmm. One time I mentioned that word. And I may or may not say what's actually on the page. And I'll generally wind up cutting out a good 
half to three quarters of what's on the page and just going with, I try to make it like, you know, like Def Leppard's hysteria. I try to make it all greatest hits. Every, it drives me nuts. Uh, most podcasts, like, this could be better if it were a lot shorter. Yeah. <laughs> and so I don't, not particularly conversational though. I try to make it linear and it's definitely not a storytelling podcast. Uh-huh. So Is it inspirational? Would you say it's inspirational? I, I, Try to, I try not to barrel through it like I'm doing right here in hopes that it will be that, but I've got a lot to learn. So I'd, I'd like for that to be the case, but if, if I were forced to pick an inspirational tag or something else, it'd probably be anything else other than that. It's under the self-help thing, uh, by and large. Even that makes me laugh. Cause Love it, though. No, people never need thought that. that would be eight. Yeah, but people need that. And you're doing something that maybe they want to do, but they don't know how to start. And they're thinking about it, but they're not sure about it yet. So maybe they ran when they were in college or high school, and they're thinking, I could do that. So, you know, that's just inspiration. Start. Yeah, just start. Yeah. See, I hate to call that self-help, Donna, because just start, that sounds like a kind of, you know, that, that doesn't sound very well thought through. But it was pretty well thought through when I continued doing it after just starting it. Give it a shot. There's not all that much. And you've still got a safety net when you're early on in any sport, right, in any right, endeavor, right. as long as you tell a few people closest to you about it. Mm-hmm. Just give it a shot. See what's going to happen. Don't assume you can't do it because I'm firmly of the belief that anyone who can walk normally can do an ultra marathon. That's, mm-hmm. I, never, I, didn't, I didn't do a half. I didn't do... Actually, no, I did one half marathon, but I didn't do any 5Ks before that. I've done some 5Ks on the road. It's a good way to meet people. It's a great way to raise money for charity. They're very popular. Mm-hmm. But as opposed to the stuff in the woods where you've got 30 to 100 people, you see at the beginning, and then you never see them again until a couple of weeks later because every, you know, you're strung out over such a large area. And you're alone for most of this stuff. 5Ks, you can hang out with people and have some, you know, a lot more quote-unquote fun. But... People believe, like, we have to start off with fives, work your way up. And I went pretty much straight to a half marathon just to get some trail experience. And then I went right to an ultra. I went right to a 31-mile race in early August in North Carolina. The 10-hour time limit took me nine hours and 15 minutes, and it it was 90-some-odd degrees out. So I I did high heat training. But you you just... You learn to deal with these, you self-impose like a graded series of anxiety-provoking situations on yourself, uh-huh. and you, you just gradually build up to it. You pick a situation that is a bit frightening, and you, you go for that, and it really does help. You, people t- I'm not the first person to say this by any means. Plenty of runners uh, have done this before me, but after you complete one of these things, you tend not to care all that much about how anybody else evaluates your performance in any other area of life. Because it's something, especially if you believe, as I do, that it's something that a lot of people could do but choose not to. Right, right. They're not lesser people than you. It's just not in the least. It's just they choose not to. They, they can do it. Now, you have to want to do this. If anybody, oh, anybody yeah. who doesn't want to do it, is, if you're out there just forcing yourself, you shouldn't force yourself to, to run you know, a 25, 30, 45 mile race. If you don't want to do it, you don't like it, you're not going to. But the idea that, you know, that overdoing it is overthought as a thought process, it's, it's a lot further along than you think. Once you get past the generally over, if you overdo it, you're going to find that overdoing it is a lot further along than you thought it was. Running, for instance, 
from your waist down, no need to edit right here. From your waist down, lower your leg muscles don't get warmed up. You're not at your optimum temperature from the waist down, the, the ones you primarily use for running, mm-hmm. until you're at 100.3 degrees, until your legs are running a slight fever. So <clears throat> if you start off in the cold, you're below 98.6, and you're never much above it, no matter how hot, how hot it is out there. So that's why so many people, myself included, have real problems with short races. A 5K is only 3.1 miles. You're not going to get warmed up until you're at least at that length, and you've started fast. I hate 5Ks. I, I'm terrible at it. Huh. I stink. I don't, get, I don't feel decent until I've been out there for an hour and a half. And a lot of people realize that, too, when they're doing uh, half marathons on trails. They didn't feel good until they'd already been out there for an hour, an hour and a half, and then they were fine until the end. Or in the case of an ultramarathon, you're good from about mile five through about mile 18. And this is the case for road marathons, too. People who run like the New York City Marathon, I'll tell you this, too. They, they're fine for the middle of it, and then it becomes really difficult. And then it's how much has your experience prepared you for okay. how it is going to feel heat-wise Stamina and pain-wise. and, and can everything through else. The pain. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't care enough to do that, that's fine. But it is doable. And I think that's the case for most things uh, when it comes to endeavor, certainly sports. The, the, the line of the red line, and it, unless you're not in any kind of basically decent physical condition, that red line's a lot further along than you think it is. <laughs> yeah, give it a shot. I think you'll find that. An inspirational first podcast. Adam Boardman. And, per- and perspirational, I hope. Thank you, Donna. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. This has been fun. I have, oh, my God. We went to, I think we're, uh, at least on my clock, we're approaching 20 minutes. I've I was never, going well, for 20. It was perfect. It's, that's, you're amazing. You got me to 20 minutes. I didn't. Speaking of a red line that I didn't know I could hit. 